There's so many ways to appreciate life. Art, literature, theater, professional wrestling. Don't treat me like a woman. Turnbuckle Podcast, hosted by Adam Mace and Sam McKelvey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Turnbuckle Podcast. Hello. This week is a very special week because we have our very first guest, Krista B. from Those Wrestling Girls Podcast. Hello. Hello. Hi, hi. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Yes, of course. So excited. So exciting. We're expanding here. This is episode five. This is the fifth episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. Last Uh, week was a hoot and a half. Yeah, Halloween. The the Halloween week. Got some love on the Halloween. Mm Mm-hmm. If you haven't listened yet, we talk all about our spooky, scary wrestlers, our favorite spooky, scary wrestlers. I got distracted because my dog just jumped up here with me. Ted the Scarier Terrier. Um, this week was great, though. Exciting week of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Um, so let's go through our high spots and botches of the week. Certainly. Krista, you want to start? What was your high spot of the week? What did you love about wrestling this week? I think I loved the fact that I saw... Char- I believe it was Charlotte and Natty tag teaming together. Yeah. I love that. It was I, so random. It was like, real random, but it worked. Yeah. And yeah. um and that's legacy right there. Cause them they both come from lineage. Um Charlotte's the daughter of Ric Flair. Natty is the daughter of um Jamie the Anvil Nyhart, the niece of Brett the Hitman Hart. So that's legacy right there. Yeah. I was surprised that they fought the Iconics. I'm not a big Iconics fan. Iconic. <laughs> I'm not a big Iconics fan, but it, it was good to see them back in the ring. You really haven't seen them since they lost their tag team titles. And it was good for me to see the athletic side of them because that comedic side of them just never wins me over. Um, oh. Adam's in love with Peyton. Oh, so much. <laughs> <laughs> and my low point was the very end, um, the Rusev and oh, Lana in yeah. the divorce oh. court. I hated that. It was just like out of all ways you could have turned that storyline, you turned it to Rusev being a sex addict. And and then it came out that he cheated on you, but then you never really got the mm. full scoop on how he cheated on you. And if Bobby Lashley was literally lying to you or telling you the truth so that was like the low point for me mm. i'm glad you made that your your bot because yeah. now i don't have to say mine because i have a few this week yeah. <laughs> why don't you go next adam uh high spot of the week i think i just watched it i had a different one and oh god no it's a tie today both of my my high spots are um promo stuff i just watched nxt from wednesday and and finn balor's promo is just perfect Short to the point. His intro is amazing. Um, Prince Devitt's back. I'm so excited about that. And tied with that will be the contract signing on AEW this past week with uh, Jericho and Cody. Oh my God, it's just it's just good storytelling. I love the departure from from like the WWE style of putting everything in the ring. They had a red carpet for the entire stage in through the tunnels, and it was just really cool. It was very classy. I enjoyed that. Um, my botch of the week was um, also on AEW. Um, didn't didn't love. I don't love what they're doing with Moxley, and him being this um, 
special attraction that can never get a real match mm. because they just said that you know his match will be unsanctioned again. And I do enjoy the fact that it affects him because if wins and losses matter in AEW, he can't get wins on the board. But we, I feel like every match with Moxley is a lights out and sanctioned match. And I don't like the fact that we heard the voice of Tony Khan being the authority figure. I think AEW needs to stay away from our authority figures on air. And um, so I didn't like that. Um, my high spot, I, I enjoyed so many things this week, so this is hard to pick, but for me, I had a really big emotional response to Dustin Rhodes and Sunny Kiss tag teaming together on oh, yeah. AEW Dark. Um, there was just a sort of kinship there, I feel like, with Sunny Kiss, who wrestles in women's gear, and... Um, Dustin Rhodes, who as Goldust was kind of a more androgynous character in the WWE. Um, there was a sort of camaraderie there that I really appreciated. And to me, it was almost saying like, I was forced to be that character that had a more feminine side, but it really elevated me to who I was in mm -hmm. professional wrestling. And now I get to be who I really am and who I really want to be. Like I get to present myself in the ring exactly how I want to be. Um, and now because of that legacy and because of AEW, Sunny Kiss also has a place where he can present himself exactly how he wants to be in the ring. And yeah. ironically, it is just as, as more feminine. Yeah. So I thought that was just really beautiful. And we were talking about this, that Dustin is just so he's such a good actor and so like earnest that when he tags with people, you just believe that he is like this big brother character that cares about them yeah. so much and he'll like embrace them and touch their head. You know, I mean, and he is the veteran of the locker room. Yeah. Like he is the guy. Yeah, he's the he longest, is. he has the, the, the longest career. And so I think he actually, unlike people who have done that in WWE, um, he gets that he is the locker room leader. Yeah. He, he is. Yeah. He has to be. He's the oldest and he takes it very serious. I think Brock and Kane would be my low spot. Um, I I don't really get excited about yeah. Brock Lesnar stuff. I didn't watch it. Me neither. Um, yeah. Uh, but I thought that this was a really cool opportunity for like people that don't care about Brock Lesnar as much as a lot of people do to like care about an interesting storyline that he's in. Um and just to have Kane tap out, I thought was just really boring and not a good buildup. We'll see what they do with it. It was like a five minute match, right? Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. So botch missed opportunity there. Botchity botch botch. And I'm excited about The Fiend. That's another high spot. Oh, gosh. Finally. All right. So let's start chatting with Krista about our topic for the day. And what's our topic of the day? Uh, body shaming. Great. professional wrestling. And before we do that, can you just ask me the question you love to ask me the most? Sure. Back. Here we are. Here we are. So, Krista, you wrote about body shaming and wrestling as part of your master's thesis. Yes, I did. Can we stop for a second? It's really important for our listeners to get a, a sense of who Sam is as a human being and how Sam and Krista met. So can oh, you right. can you take us through that before? Because Chris is not just some random person who we Google to get on the show. This is like 
an, a wonderful little 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 story that yes, happened. Yes, this is, I actually meant to kick us off telling the story. This is how forgetful I am. Krista is the reason why there's a Turnbuckle podcast. Um, so one day I was in a coffee shop in Crown Heights, and I saw two women, um, one in a Brock Lesnar shirt, uh, and I was eavesdropping like I always do in the world, and they were talking about wrestling. And I was like, look at these two well-adjusted adults in this coffee shop talking about wrestling. <laughs> so I went over and I'm like, hello, are you talking about <laughs> wrestling? <laughs> Did I hear you say you have a wrestling podcast? And they're like, hello, strange lady. <laughs> hello, stranger. <laughs> yes, we do. So we had a good chat. You we told did. me about your thesis, and we talked about it a little bit. And that made me realize, like, man, there's so many interesting issues, cultural issues, political issues that relate to professional wrestling. And that's what I want to talk about a lot. Like, we can talk about matches and bookings and things like that till we're blue in the face but really talking about how the issues that touch our lives every day are like manifested in professional wrestling is something that I think people that don't watch wrestling understand right um and I think it's just super fascinating did you think I was a crazy person I didn't I just (laughs) I didn't because as soon as um I finished talking to you I called my co-host P um, Queen PR and I was just like yo you never really know who's a wrestling fan until you open your mouth yeah. and then I happened to shoot a podcast episode with my co-host and two of my co-workers over at Hot 97 radio station and we were talking about it and I happened to bring up that story mm-hmm. in the episode and I was like you really never know because if she, the woman would have never walked in with a Brock Lesnar shirt I would have never walked over there and be like oh my god you having a Suplex City shirt and then Sam wouldn't have walked over to us and be like you two are like the most functional people I've come across <laughs> and you actually having this conversation about wrestling because it's the stigma. Like if you like wrestling, you're yeah. weird, you're a nerd, yeah, there's always, something yeah. wrong. Like, yeah. and it's just like, no, we just want to, it's something that you grew up on yeah. and everybody I've come encounter to it have said, okay, I've fallen off a bit. I don't know what's really going on. I'm like, yeah, I fell off too. It's fine. Like you jump back in it. And then you also have the WWE app to catch up on what you missed yeah. out on. Yeah. So. yeah. And then we talk about this so often, how like, so many wrestling fans don't realize that there's other wrestling fans in the world and then like you're talking I was talking to someone who I've known for like a, a couple of years and I mentioned wrestling they're like oh yeah I love wrestling I'm like what like I just how did why do we never talk because we did some we didn't want to assume that you liked wrestling and uh but like to what to your point though too like if you fall off the, the wrestling wagon you can it's like Sam had said like a couple of weeks ago it's just like a soap opera where it's like oh Janie's still in the uh in the coma cool 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 right back on it right <laughs> yeah. back on it you know <laughs> Yep, that's what I always would classify wrestling as. I'm like, it's a soap opera with a lot of fights, like yeah. more fights than a regular soap opera. I love it. What made you kind of? Did you say you ha- took a little break and then got back I into did. it? What got you back? Um, The Rock. Nice. The Rock got me into wrestling, and then it was like promo that he was gonna make a comeback or whatever. For I forget for what he's making a comeback for at the time, and I will always just like go for the little stuff. So I remember I was at my best friend's house, and she does not like wrestling like she hates wrestling so she fell asleep and i just took the remote watching the rock um so i started seeing some of the women's matches and i was realizing that they weren't bra and panty matches they were actually wrestling wrestling like the men 
And yes, it was still short, like two minute mm-hmm. matches. And then the whole hashtag came about when give divas a chance. Yeah. And then Vince started, Vince said, hold on, we're listening, you know, whatever he tweeted. And then the evolution just like, just erupted with NXT, the three to four horsewomen came up. Um, and then it started, you started to see a diversity of more women in the ring instead of being outside the ring or being the managers or, you know. So I think that's why I started getting into wrestling more because there were more women. There were more women who looked like me. There were more women who was representing a whole group of women, mm-hmm. even young children, even young girls. So that's when I really started to get back into wrestling. It's crazy how sometimes they actually listen to their fans. And sometimes they, I mean, it is kind of maybe what Vince feels like that day or what they feel like will benefit them most. But um, the Give Divas a Chance movement, the fact that that actually got some traction was really incredible. Well, the the Give Divas a Chance thing happened. um, It was an AJ Lee thing. AJ Lee had, had posted, I'm unsure if she was, Divas champ at the time, but AJ Lee had tweeted out during one of the episodes of Raw, um, after like a thirty second you know women's match, that um you know give Divas a chance, and from there it went worldwide and everyone started tweeting and tweeting and tweeting and slowly but surely that was kind of the catalyst and I don't think AJ Lee gets enough credit for for that moment because she started it, but you know to to your point too, NXT was was already doing stuff before the Divas, you know, revolution turned into the women's revolution. NXT had the four horsewomen like doing quality matches down at NXT while this is all happening. Paige and Emma were still like ripping it up down at NXT. So on your podcast, Krista, you talk about more than women's wrestling, right? Yes. I listened to a couple episodes. Yes. We talk about okay, so it came about because like I said, um Queen PR and myself, we wanted to do something different. Like, we can, like you said, we could talk about wrestling until we're blue in the face. Yeah. We could talk about matches. We could talk about botches. We could talk about outfits. We could talk about whatever. But there were issues that we were seeing, and we were seeing the wrestlers tweet on Twitter or go back with tr- Twitter trolls that weren't being discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, for one, misogyny. Mm-hmm. Misogyny is a, plays a big role in wrestling. Wrestling's already a male-dominated sport. So when you have... One of the biggest misogynists, Vince McMahon, on screen and off screen when he does his thing, it's just like, okay, now we're tired of seeing the same thing. Yeah. We're tired of seeing the women come out and paraded like they're still sideshows, brawn panty matches, real scandalous outfits. Instead of them really proving that they can actually wrestle, we're tired of seeing how they're only good for the manager role and then to get their client over, they'll do something like what Zelina Vega did to who Kalisto or Sin Cara with the hurricane rider off the rope. Mm-hmm. Even though Zelina is a good wrestler, she's been wrestling for 11 years. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was things like that. And then in doing more research about what else we can talk about, we kind of did a um, an episode where it's about women of color and how a lot of these wrestlers who are of color are always being antagonized by these people who are calling somebody called Naomi a monkey. Like it's just things that you don't hear about and just think that everybody's okay with. So we wanted to shed light and bring light onto that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that's a lot of, that kind of brings us into our topic for today because a lot of the, it's not only issues of racism and misogyny, but a lot of this is tied up in that there are a ton of issues of body shaming 
by fans. Yeah. And, yeah. and by the and company. By, and, and by fellow wrestlers. Yeah. Like you were telling me a story yesterday um, just about about Lana and, and some of the such stuff that's happened with, with them. Yeah. Um, so we'll, I'm sure we'll get into Nia Jax yeah. more, but Nia tweeted uh, a message about body positivity and not body shaming, a really positive message. And Lana, my <laughs> favorite internet troll, uh, basically came back and was like, but you body shame me all the time and tell me I'm not strong like you. And it was like, oh, Lana, that's not really the point. Yeah, <laughs> she, she completely missed it. You yeah, missed it. totally, totally. Um, but yeah. How did you get the idea to write about wrestling academically? Um, well, being a journalist, you, you always have to like go outside the box. Like, yeah. You, you what do you do at Hot 97? I'm a digital journalist. Cool. Um, yeah. So... And, and Columbia is like, think about what your thesis is. And I was talking to people, and I was just like, I really like wrestling. And everybody in my school was just like, wait, what? Like, they're always <laughs> taken aback. You like wrestling? Like, WWE, WWF? <laughs> yes. I grew up, I'm an Attitude Era baby. I love wrestling. So um, one day, I was trying to figure out what my thesis was going to be about, and I saw Nia Jax tweeting about how you know she was being bullied because of her size and mm -hmm. even when she was in the ring and they would call her like an amazon or you know whatever they would call her it was just like damn like look at her for her wrestling skills not yeah. for her body like yeah she can use her body as a weapon because she is bigger than most girls so i was just like i'm gonna talk about body shaming and and rest women's wrestling and i'm gonna tie in other sports to it because it's just like something that's not spoken about, but these women are actually hurting yeah. because of their body. If they, I feel like if they can all um, look like Sable back in 96, 97, or look like Lita back in 2000, 2001, then they would because they're, um, they're being nitpicked all the time. Yeah. So I just wanted to um, shed light on the fact that body shaming is a real thing, especially in wrestling. And even me, I've been body shamed because I'm skinny. Okay, I'm skinny, so what? Like, I can't help the fact that I'm skinny. I cannot help the fact that um, I look the way that I look. Like, you don't know what I've been through. Right. Like, so you, it's not okay to sit and body shame. Right. So that's why I kind of wanted to shed light to And I actually tweeted Nia Jax. I was watching an episode of Total Divas when the, the body shaming was a part mm -hmm. of the episode. And I tweeted her, and I was like, yeah, the reason why I decided to do my thesis statement because – is things like this that needs to be said and needs to be heard and needs to be seen. And she actually tweeted back saying, thank you. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. That's she actually so cool. tweeted back and said, thank you. And she appreciate the fact that I'm doing something like that. Yeah. Naya is such a positive, um, icon for women. I think I, we, always joke about how like her entrance music i'm not like most girls it's like actually you, you most are most girls are, yeah, are size 16 yeah, you know that's like, the average size you are like most girls in in the u.s so people can i mean she's six feet tall so yeah. that's not average right height. that's not an average height. um but you know the the average woman in the united states is bigger than most of the women you see on the wwe so you are like most girls in that way and it's awesome to have someone who represents a really healthy body image because it seems like she's struggled um with body image a lot in her life right yeah so I think it's really interesting the angle between Naya and Alexa, the body shaming angle. Yeah. Do you do you remember that? Yes, I do. Um, what's what's kind of your take on that? 
I don't even know where to begin because it was like once the body shaming angle came about, then it was also the bullying aspect of right. it. Right. It was like all of that tied into one. And then that's when you heard in real life that, you know, Alexa was suffering with, um, I think it was, if it was, it, just, um, it was body dysphoria. Body dysphoria, while, yeah. yeah. And also anorexia. Mm-hmm. And Alexa's already small. Right. She's only five feet. So for her to imagine that height and then the size of being like 90 or 80 something pounds. So for them to tie that into a storyline, I'm just like, okay, yeah, kind of overstepping the boundaries. But like I said, it was something that needed to be scenes because yeah. there are probably people who look up to Alexa who definitely look up to Alexa. I'm sorry. And are probably going through the same thing. Yeah. I think it's like, I, I think it's like really interesting because it, people, the WWE received backlash on both sides. So there was a bullying angle where Nia was the face and Alexa was the heel and Alexa was really bullying Nia and making fun of her about her size and, to you know an observer it might be like oh my god body shaming is terrible the Mm -hmm. wwe is awful for like forcing naya to undergo this and making people like view her in this kind of way but at the same time um naya and alexa said that they actually worked on a lot of the um the promos and like the content together because they thought body shaming was such an important issue that kind of needed to be highlighted and that um you know the it is it was a story about how the person who was being bullied who is being body shamed prevailed as the good guy and how the person who was doing the bullying got what was coming to them so they felt really positive about it but i think it's a really complicated issue yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's also very tough too when you're working for a company where the owner kind of finds fat people comical. Right. Oh, yeah. So right. it's very, it's very hard and it kind of, you know, and, and not just, I think bodies from you for men and women are different things, but I think men suffer from it as well. Um, men go through that stuff as well. But in, you know, in WWE terms, you know, it's very well known that this man finds fat men really funny. It's, why Otis went from wearing a singlet to wearing just trunks because Otis took his stra- the straps of his, his singlet down and started rubbing his belly and Vince was watching in the gorilla and was like ha 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 that's good shit and then you know that turned now he's in trunks every day because Vince finds fat people as a comedy act mm-hmm. um, it's why people like Albert when you know when he comes back as Tenzai then turns into Sweet Tea it's why Tyrus who was um, Burst Clay danced around it's why Rikishi danced around it's why all these big large men dance because Vince finds fat people funny because he's like a gym uh, a gym you know whatever a gym rat a gym rat thank you who like is like no you have to have like body of steel and like so it's it's very telling though and I don't think he he quite understood the dynamics between men and women when he started to give women more of a platform and we find ourselves in the situation where Nia's a bigger woman so what do you do with that you know yeah. That's my take on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I was reading about, I God, I'm trying to think of what show it was when they're like, you can either be, have like a perfect body or you can be really fat and funny, but anything in the middle is like unacceptable. Oh, it's something. I forget yeah. what that is. Yeah. Um, because I was reading about how Ryback, who's like the most cut human ever, Vince told him he was fat and needed to wear a singlet and that's how he ended up 
in a singlet. He wanted to wear trunks to start off. Yeah. It's crazy. That's, yeah. that's really crazy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but look at something as current as Bray Wyatt, who, um, you know, was wrestling as Husky Harris, and Vince literally would call him fat. And then he lost weight in, while he became the Bray Wyatt character. And now look at his figure now as Bray Wyatt the Fiend. He's trimmed down so much, and he uses that Huskis the the fat pig character as just like as a character on his show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a systematic problem of the actual organization. Yeah, I want to talk about um, the Attitude Era, especially since you we have an Attitude Era baby with us. Um, how do you think that body shaming kind of presented itself in this? era when all the women had like these incredible bodies okay we're gonna look at china china's like the prime example because when she first came out she had a real broad jawline she was um a real big sorry real big chin Mm -hmm. she was really muscular like she wouldn't wear two pieces like that she would just wear like the one piece all black and then as the time started to evolve, you saw her chin line and stuff was slimmer. You know, she got surgery like on her face. Mm, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she got wow. surgery on her face. She started to, um, she got her breast done, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then she just started to tone up really, really well to where she started wearing the two pieces. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was still black except for the iconic purple um, outfit she wore. Yeah, yeah, WrestleMania. But was that, was that at like Vince's demand, do you think? I don't think it was at Vince's demand. I just think that the fans, I feel like the fans that at uh, Attitude Era were so bad, mm-hmm. when especially now because we don't have social media. So it was like you, we didn't have social media then. Yeah, so yeah. it's like when you see them in the ring or you see them in the arena and you have those signs, they were like really bad to her. Like there's chance China's a man, yeah, you know, and then Triple H and Shawn Michaels didn't make it any better, really. Yeah, at no. that time, like they didn't make it any better. Yeah, and we'll and we'll post on our social media some some China before it's China ninety eight photos and China 2000, 2000 completely photos completely different because it's a complete you know a different turnaround when she was initially introduced as you know Triple H's bodyguard and the early days of DX until what she ended up looking like at the, at the end of her WWE career. Yeah. Tell us about some of the indie wrestlers that you uh, had a chance to talk with and wrote about in your academic work. Okay, so I spoke to Deanna Perrazzo, who is now part of NXT. We yeah, just yeah. haven't seen her wrestle yet. Um, she was telling I believe she was telling me about how fans would nitpick at her arms mm. because her arms were so huge and saying that oh she has a strong back and arms and you know she you know and i'm just like really arms like you have to work out like you have to lift these people that you're wrestling why are you nitpicking at arms and um there's another girl karen bam bam who now who i've who i've seen she's been killing it on the indie scene she's a bigger woman and she was telling me how you know it sometimes is sometimes hard for her to be a bigger wrestler but sometimes it's not because she just used her assets like if you watch her now there's times where she's twerking in the ring <laughs> and she's doing naomi stuff you know how naomi does the rear mm-hmm. view so she does stuff similar it's like she's just using her assets living in her glory because you know, if there's nothing that she wants to do with her body and she loves the way that she looked then use it um jasmine rain who's all who's also she's short like she's five, five and a half. I did wow. a video on her too. She's five, five and a half. 
and she's also of a medium build, but she was more so body shamed because of her hair. Oh. Which I found was real different. Like she's she's natural. She has a natural curly afro. Mm-hmm. And somebody had told her one day and said, you will look more professional if you straightened out your hair. Mm-hmm. I said, wow. So they don't care about, because women sweat in their hair. When they sweat in their hair, it just goes, frizzes back up. So they don't care about the fact that you're a good wrestler. Your appearance is you have to have straight hair for you to be more professional in the ring. Mm. So it just went to a lot of different yeah. ways. That's that's problematic in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. And the thing with Deanna Perosa, it, it's so... Her whole gimmick is she's the the Fujinara Armbar specialist. Right. So like her arms need to be strong exactly. because her whole gimmick is pulling a woman's arm back and almost breaking it off. Right. Exactly. So it's so frustrating. Yeah, I feel like um, in the indie circuit, at least, like a lot of the women do look more natural, just have more natural bodies, and I think that that's really refreshing and I think part of it is because they're like normal women with shoot jobs with regular jobs you know that that this is a side hustle for them or a side passion for them I was watching something on Ember Moon and Ember Mm. was saying how Vince told her no you she's a good wrestler but Mm -hmm. you don't you don't fit the look and she was crushed because it's just like what's the look like we're in a whole new we're in 2010, 11, 12. What, what's this look that you're talking about? Because bra and panties are being played out. Nobody really wants to see a woman parading around in her underwear right? Um, on TV. And you keep repeating the same storylines with them, not seeing them, keep seeing them catty, keep seeing them being real mischievous behind one's back. Like, that's really played out. So what's this look that you're going for? So she's she, Ember has stated that she was really crushed about that, but she never gave up. And right. She was an NXT Women's Champion, so. Do you think things are changing at all? I do. I do. Um, there's times where they're really good for the women, really high. You know, you see them all the time. And then there's times where you go back to, like, two-minute matches, and you're just like, oh, gosh. But you don't see them exposing their bodies at all anymore. Right. You don't see that. You don't really see. Or at um, least if they are, it seems like it's in an empowering way. Like, I'm not sure, but it seems like women potentially wear what makes them as wrestlers feel powerful. Right, right. You see them changing their hair color. You see them um, changing their gear to represent somebody else. Like, Masasha had her um, Eddie Guerrero mm-hmm. tribute gear mm-hmm. on. Or when she came back, she had the blue hair instead of the pink hair. Or Bailey now when her hair is cut short and she's like real dark. Yeah. Like you see that instead of them, instead of what Sable did when she was like, oh, this is too frisky or raunchy. And she took off the potato bag and she had like <laughs> a close to nothing on. Yeah. And that was her way of rebelling. So I, I do see the change in the women's evolution, the women's yeah. division. And I think the fact that, yeah, you know, Becky wears a one piece all the mm-hmm. time. And yeah, Bailey wears really high cut gear that go like halters that go up to her neck. So it does seem like people wear what makes them feel powerful. Right. Um, which is amazing to see. Uh, this has gone back 
a really long time. Um, our first episode was on women's wrestling in the 40s and 50s, and I talked a lot about Mildred Burke and Nell Stewart and all the wrestlers. And so when I was reading your work, I was fascinated to see that um, Billy Wolf, the worst human being alive, <laughs> um, used Mildred's body to really shame her. Mm-hmm. I also posted a picture on Twitter of like how awesome and hot I thought Mildred was uh she that that was like Mildred's arms are my arm goals (laughs) like forever right right (laughs) but she was really really muscular especially for the time um so this is absolutely nothing new yeah like it goes back to the women I'm reading the book now like I'm continuously I'm always putting the book down and bringing it back up um sisterhood of the ring I'm reading that too so um it, it, it always baffles me how the women would be treated. Like, they're ready, they're treated like sideshows. Right. But then when you want to post them to get draw more people, like, the, the wording is really wrong. Like, they were really using them as a circus act and words on posters. And it's mm-hmm. just like, but they can wrestle. It was one woman who was pregnant, and instead of, like, once she had a baby, instead of staying at home, she had to go right back out. So her body didn't even fully heal yet. Yeah. And then she was jumped by her husband and I think their son, like beat up really, really bad. And then she still had to go on arrest the next day. So it was like you parade these women to be, you want them to be sexy with blonde hair and, you know, whatever. But then you abuse them, you beat them up. You don't even let them fully heal. Yeah. So it was like, and then you want to make fun of their bodies because they have these bruises. You want to put makeup on them to make sure that they're okay. And, yeah. you know, it's it's really bad. It's It was horrible then for them. We always say that what happens in wrestling and what we see inside the ring and, like, inside the wrestling promotions and companies are really just microcosms of what's happening in the world. And I think that this is absolutely no different i mean i think the misogyny and the shaming of women because of their bodies absolutely is so has always been so prevalent in society and now we have a really clear term for it um but given the way the female wrestlers were treated in the 40s 50s 60s all the way to today it's like no surprise that we are um just using women's bodies as another way to sort of oppress them and control them what else in your thesis really surprised you okay so I was I remember I was talking to my thesis advisor at the time and we were sitting in Starbucks and I just happened to turn to the back of me and I saw somebody walk in with a WWE um pullover sweater and I already knew that you couldn't buy it anywhere but I just the the brought up the conversation like oh my god where did you buy your sweater he goes oh no i used to be the director of security for wwe whoa right and and talking to him i met up with him one day i said well can you be a part of my thesis and he said yeah sure so in talking to him one day he had told me a story about mickey james and how Mm. vince chastised her so bad because they said that her butt was too big and how that's what it was times when she was missing from the ring or in ring action because of her butt was too big. And, and didn't at the time that was, they threw that into the angle, the whole Piggy James angle. Mm-hmm. Was that a real thing? Do you not know the Piggy James angle? No. This is when. That's before I got back into it. Yeah, this is when Michelle McCool and Layla, aka Lay Cool, Lay Cool, were um they were the bullies and um they were fat shaming Mickey James and just know like you'd watch this and you're like. I don't understand what you're fat shaming. Like, Mickey James is like, caught. 
Yeah. And but they would call her Piggy James and they would dress like her only with like pig like pig noses and stuff on and they would make like cartoon mockeries of her all about, you know, her being this fat pig. And meanwhile, like Mickey James is does, does you know, not fat. like I didn't know where the fat is. But like because they didn't look like Michelle McCool and Layla, they were you know, she was fat. Yeah. So that's, I didn't realize that like Vince was a part of that. Yeah. Behind the scenes as well. Yeah, they awful. It's real. Uh, from what I've heard, is really ruthless sometimes behind the scenes on <laughs> women and how they look. Um, even with his own daughter Stephanie. Yeah. With the whole um breast augmentation, one day she's flat as a board, the next minute she has all these boobs, and then you have The Rock and Chris Jericho cutting one of their famous promos oh, on God, her. Oh promo. God. Yes, I mean I love that it, even though it was wrong. Just rough. So <laughs> <laughs> um. But it's things like that. So it's just like, if you're okay with your own daughter adjusting her body, then you, you, you're going to want the women that work for you to adjust this. You're going to want them to look like Sable. You're going to want them to look like Stacey yeah. Hebler. You're going to want them to look like Trish Stratus. You, you know? So it was just like... Do you think, um, both of you, what's your take on the WWE doing body shaming angles? If the person doing the body shaming is the bad guy is it different than like i don't know a very special episode of boy meets world where topanga gets body shamed by a bully is it different than that i think it's it's done i don't i my reasoning for why they shouldn't do it isn't even in the ethical uh ethical pieces of it my reasoning is like why we why is this an angle still like we've done this and as a human as a human race of people there are so many different interest perspective things that we can bring to to the show, to these storylines that have nothing to do with people's body image. Why do we need to go back to that well over and over and over again? So it's not even a matter of, I mean, the, the ethical connotations of it are, are garbage, but even more so, it's like I feel like we're, we're, we're hitting an old trope over the head over and over and over again for no reason. I agree. Think, I agree. I don't think that is needed. Um being at body shame and body dysmorphia is such a real thing. And, and you have an people who are suffering with anorexia. You have people who are suffering with bulimia. And for WWE to put it out there as a storyline is very insensitive. It's very um, wrong to do. And if there's no, no shedding light on, you know, trying to help someone get through it, then there's no point in being needed. Like, when... They had, when Roman Reigns announced that his cancer came back, mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge Roman Reigns fan, and I was really sad that he was going to be gone, but I kept saying, I hope Vince does not make this a storyline. I hope this is not a, a, a rib. I hope that, you know, because it's like you're partnering with the Susan G. Coleman Foundation. Right. You have Connor's Cure for Children's Cancer. Please don't make this something, a thing, yeah, yeah. A thing because WWE will lose all its viewers, all its sponsorships, all of that. So yeah. the body shaming thing, okay, we saw it with Alexa and Naya, they're best friends, they're not best friends, they're bullies, they're not, you know, we don't need it anymore. Yeah. And I think, too, we're at this point where because K-Fabe is dead and everything's transparent and real, I'd rather just learn about Naya and Alexa's journeys. Right. Off screen, like off camera. Like, I mean, we've seen what, you know, Alexa's gone through through her or her own in her own words we've heard what Naya's gone through in her own words we've heard all this from them off screen which is the most real it can be 
making a cheap imitation of it for for entertainment is just pathetic. It's not worth it. So I'd rather just listen to that. I get the most impact of listening to people's journeys. You know, I love the network specials when we can like get a sense of who these people are outside their characters because we can now. It's not 1975 where we will never know who these people really are in life. We'll just know their characters. Now we have the opportunity to to know who they are in life. And we can cheer for Roman Reigns to beat cancer because we know that his name is Joe and he had cancer and then it came back and he beat it again. So I think I think the fact that we're living in this real ever of professional wrestling gives us enough of a platform to to enter and talk and discuss those real topics, those real issues. Yeah. I agree. Um I think it's fascinating with the uh when you're talking about Chris Jericho and The Rock cutting a promo on Stephanie. Were they faces or heels at the time? They were faces they because were faces. it was the yeah. uh, it was on the Alliance, yeah. uh, um, and it, they The Rock had just come back, and Stephanie was the head of ECW. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot going on at that so time. Much going on. So much going on. So I think it says a lot that um, for. Uh, women to body shame other women they have to be heels to do so right they're bad guys if they do that i mean at least they're bad guys if they do that that's not a terrible thing it'd be worse if they were good guys and they did that but men can still be faces and body shame women right they can still be the good guys and if we're talking about storylines and messages and body shaming in storylines or in promos like that's unequivocally like unacceptable right because that's not teaching anyone a lesson that's just teach well it is it's teaching people that everyone body shames women and even your favorite stars that you look up to that are good guys mm-hmm. right and looking back on it now it's just like it it's for some reason when i come across the clip i just feel like she really sat there and she took all of that for like, like years for years not even just that night like, like chris Jericho called her like a hoe every single week for like a full year and a half of right. wrestling. Right. You know. And it was just like and then with and and she was the main target. And I get that Vince McMahon is your dad and you know he has this big entity and stuff, but you as a father should never put your daughter in that situation. No. I don't even care if she's if she agrees to it or not. You should never put her in that situation. I mean, but we're also speaking about the man who, for a moment in time, briefly was entertaining the idea of an incest angle with yes, his daughter. Yes, yes. So... And a lot of people don't even know that. So... When she was off camera and pregnant, I think with her third child, her second child, he wanted to do an angle to where he confessed that the baby was his. Mm-hmm. It would have been, like, been your father, grandfather. And it was it just was like... And that's lot. when she kind of drew the line, was just like, no. no. That's we, disgusting. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. But we also, looking back on it now, also promoted rape culture oh yeah especially with the angle with triple h and stephanie he drugs her and marries her she got drunk because of the bachelor party a bachelorette party and next thing you know he marries her and it's just like we were up all night and you know whatever whatever and it's just like oh looking back on it now it's like okay we're promoting rape culture we're not seeing we didn't see that this is what the problem was then because right. it was all entertainment. And it was like, it's okay because it it's so attitude era. Yeah, it was normalized. And basically, there was like a rape angle, a drugged and raped angle with like so many of the women wrestlers and and other superstars. And then there was always like a miscarriage. 
Yeah. Right. A uh, lot of his carriages. Right. Well, for so long, I mean, the, the heavy male writings, the almost exclusively male writing staff, only believed that women were were good as objects to fight over or can only be interesting if they're fighting over a man or a belt or a trinket or a toy. They never really saw women as fully realized human beings with hopes and dreams and, and visions and, and wants and desires. You know, you, you would you would be pushing these male wrestlers who who wanted to aspire for dreams, but a woman couldn't do that. They can only just say, wear brawn panties. And what gets me so confused the most was there was a, a, a chunk of time in the middle mid thousands where we were watching almost a small renaissance of the women's a women's division when mm-hmm. you had matches done by Trish and Lita mm-hmm. and Jazz and Victoria and Molly. But if you had a good match one week, if you got to watch Trish and Lena versus Molly and Victoria, the next week they're all competing in a costume contest right. that, that ends with them being in their underwear. So it was just like you couldn't have it all. You were only allowed to have the one the, the one and a half minute match they had last week and then the next three weeks is just a bunch of like scantily clad women and, and with no work. Right. It's it's crazy how you when we go back to rewatch these things, a lot of these nuances like kinda click and be like, Wow, that's just that did not age well. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then for them to try to repeat it again in yeah. this day and age, people are quick on Twitter. I know I'm quick on Twitter, like Vince, no. Mm mm. I know. We, we, I, I literally, when when we're live tweeting things, like I'm literally just watching your 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 live yeah, tweets Chris as well. Yeah, the best. So like it's literally it's like uh, <laughs> like like what are the what are the wrestling girls post? But they 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 post it against it too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me <laughs> especially. PR mostly she does the live tweeting because I'm working around that time. So if I'm not working, I try to live tweet. I will like, yeah. and for me, I just find that things become so predictable, like. I had tweeted him early. I was like, oh, I lo- it looks like the Kabuki word is about to turn on page. And I responded, well, damn, told y'all. Like, it just becomes <laughs> so predictable. And I'm just like, give me something to where I, you know, want to be left guessing. Like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. Like, give me that. Don't yeah. don't give me something predictable because it's going to get to a point where I'm just going to get bored and not want to watch. And that's the thing. And, and people are always like, what about the attitude era? Um, people are like that because I felt like there was a, a portion of time where we just didn't know what was going to happen. No. Like we were watching wrestling and like, I need to watch next week see what's going to happen. Now this week it's like, I don't know, I guess Lashley and, and Lana are going to come out and like they're going to make out again probably because that seems like that's going to happen at least one more time in the next two weeks. And then it's probably going to come out that he probably he made a, made a, made her look like a fool, lied and say that Rusev cheated when he really didn't cheat and she's going to be trying to crawl back to Rusev. Rusev's probably going to be done and over with and be like, no, you broke my trust, and it's going to be this circle. And that's just what it's going to be. Somebody had tweeted, this would be the perfect time for GTV to come back. Oh, God, GTV. What's GTV? GTV was this hidden camera thing that plagued the nine, like 1998 and 1999 and early 2000, where like there'd be these backstage hidden cameras in random spots, and it would reveal like things that would like you know like a famous one when oh yeah eddie guerrero proposed to china yeah and they were in the ring and you know they were together and then gtv comes on you see eddie guerrero like making out with some other girl and china's like devastated and heartbroken and she takes his low rider and rides off that tv yeah yeah gtv no one knows what the g said for (laughs) to this day we don't know to this day day, or the or who was behind it we never knew we don't know 
Biggest mystery in wrestling. Well, given this storyline, yes. It sounds like GTV needs to come back. <laughs> Krista, what's your sort of hope going forward for how the WWE and other wrestling promotions tackle the issue of body positivity? Let women write. Get some women writers. Hello. Um, like I said on my show, there's not, there's no women writing for women. And the men can only do but so much. You can talk to a woman as much as you want to. You can be around women as much as you want to. You're not going to understand these issues. You're not going to uh, execute these storylines properly because you don't feel what a woman feels. Like if a guy says to, if The Rock said to Triple H, oh, you sound real constipated and you do this, you do that, they'll just go back and forth and rib each other and that's it. And then they'll go in the back and probably be like, oh, that was good. That was good. Thanks for writing that. But for a woman, you really have to sit and really think and take time. And if you don't come with anything, all right, make her kiss him and then make this one come out. And, you know, it it is not cohesive. So I feel like going forward, there should be women writers writing for the women yeah. on, on the roster. Or women just having women wrestling and having the ability to just do their own thing right because a lot of these women are really good on doing their own thing they're good on the mic they're good in the ring they're yeah. good at cutting promos they're good at they're really good just let them do their own thing and and on the indie circuit when wrestlers are doing most of their own work like i'm trying to think i'm trying to think if there are any any romance angles that i can think of besides rick caltaldo <laughs> and uh What's Alex his name? Reynolds. Alex Reynolds. AEW's yeah. uh, Alex Reynolds. <laughs> and WWE's Alex Reynolds. More AEW's now. He has two. Two spots oh. in AEW. And Dynamite. Yeah, because women can do a lot more than just mm-hmm. fight over a man. Yeah. Exactly. Good. Really quick, Krista, did you watch um, Crown Jewel yet? I started. And I was just like, do I really want to sit here and watch another Crown Jewel? I know. Do I really want to sit here and watch something that it's not? Um, but I did watch the, of course, the Natty and Lacey. Yeah, Evans that's what match. I wanted to ask yes, you about. I did watch that match, and the one thing I didn't like about the match was the t-shirts that they wore over their gear. At least for the Sasha and Alexa match, they had their gear made to where everything yeah. was covered. And maybe it was too hot. I don't know. But I'm just like, why are they wearing these t-shirts? Like, why? Not? I think they couldn't have their the like form of their body. Yeah, show yeah, yeah. At all. I think that's like low. With Sasha's was um, Sasha was super custom made. And, yeah, and Alexa still wore her Alexa shirt over her bodysuit as well. And I also think it was they found out when they landed. So I think the the seam the seamstress teams literally had a day to put something together for both of them. I, okay. I mean, but other than that, the match was amazing. I love how they went to the audience and went to that woman in the crowd and like hugged her and embraced yeah. her and kissed her and stuff like that. That was a really good match. Natty won, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, it <laughs> did show a lot of improvement for Lacey and for Natty as well. Um, I'm not a I'm a Natty fan, but I feel like sometimes her in ring skills can be brushed up on. I always say that she's kind of boring to me. Yeah, she can be. Yeah. yeah so I'm I'm happy that you know she kind of prevent went all out for. No pun intended to eat. <laughs> um, but she went all out in this match. It was it that. was a big moment, and I felt really emotional about it. I, Natty, I think has is such a staple in women's wrestling at this point that like I respect her a lot um, for how much she loves it and how much she gives. And Lacey, obviously, I mean, my problems with Lacey are mostly just that I think there are other women to that deserve to 
get more pushes than she does. Um, but Vince likes just like the way she looks. Of course. So he pushes her I really mean, it's hard. A blonde it's a blonde, blue haired eye. And a veteran. Like yeah. it is like Vince McMahon's wet dream. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not it, for me same. It wasn't like two wrestlers that I'm over the moon about, but it was a big moment. And I really hope that that the energy they showed um on TV was like really what the energy in the stadium was like. I hope that um, they had the support of the crowd. Well, somebody threw a water yeah, bottle at Natty. Yeah, yeah, which, you know, explains explains a little bit. Um, yeah. We did a, episode, a couple episodes ago on Saudi Arabia and um, what a terrible government they have um and why it's you know really shameful of the wwe to do deals with them so right. cheap plug check out episode three <laughs> of turnbuckle podcast um and how like what bullshit we thought it was when randy orton and everyone is like well we're just going there you know you have to start somewhere and we want to bring progress and we know the women can't wrestle but you don't help people make progress by ignoring them and blah 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 and i'm like yeah it's bullshit you're so but then the women are there and like but, but you know to, it, there was a great op-ed written for sports sports illustrated today i didn't get a chance to share it with you where they were talking about that and it's like is it progress or is it or is it you know women of a multi-billion dollar company coming to wrestle a match while the women who live in that country still are literally limited limited trafficked um, all these awful things. So like abused, abused, killed. You know what I mean? So it's like, is it progress to have this one women's wrestling match from these two Amer- American and Canadian from his billion dollar company? I I don't know. It was really interesting to read. Um, I forgot who the writer is. I think it's Josh Bergazy on Sports Illustrated wrote, but um, I'll show that on, I'll show that on our social media. Yeah, I mean that's true, but at the same time, I I, I don't know if it's progress because I don't know if it leads to anything, right? Or if it's just all politics in a show but it's better than not having women wrestle and that's keeping true. doing this that's deal. true but I, I heard that i read that they were only having a women wrestle in celebration mm-hmm. for some holiday or something that they had going on out there oh. so it had oh. that holiday wasn't going on we would have had no women's yeah. matches i don't know intriguing yeah it was awesome to see them feeling so proud and so emotional yeah though. they cried like that was the moment and i wish that uh more moments like that for the the female wrestlers everywhere yeah i mean and, and here's the thing you know we're we're, we're at a point now where so much progress is happening for women we're getting to a place where we're not we're starting to slowly melt out of the first evers which i'm really happy about it's like i i, I first evers are wonderful what's better is consistency i love you know i love they just announced the first war female war games and war games has been happening since like 1993 wcw and for the first time there's a huge legacy of war games and to have a first all-female war games is is a pretty dope thing i'll be happy when we're slowly out of the whole first evers i mean just this is just the normal thing we're not amazed at i mean i think it's a really good moment now where we're not amazed anymore if Becky or someone's main eventing Raw or SmackDown or which is more normal now pay-per-views even you know and so I love the the idea that now there are four contenders for the main event of Wrestlemania you can have the Universal title the WWE title the SmackDown women's or the Raw women's title they're all options now and I hope that they're not just putting all their money in 
and Ronda Rousey selling those tickets because I think the work that the horsewomen did this year and even a, a bunch of the women under the horsewomen, um, the Ember Moons, the Naomi's, the Natalia's, um, I think they did a, a, a ton of heavy lifting to get Becky, Charlotte, and Ron to that main event. Wow, that's a new perspective. I didn't. I never heard that. I never. We just had this um, this conversation on our podcast with a guest, with two of our guests, and Pete always asks the question, "Do to our guests?" So I'm going to throw it out there to you guys, even though it's your show. Sorry. No, no, um, please. <laughs> Do you believe that Charlotte deserved or Charlotte should have been in that triple threat match at WrestleMania? I honestly say no. Hindsight, it was good that she was there because she carried it, but I just felt like she took the shine once again from Becky. Out of everything that Becky has gone through, I feel like she took that shine from her. Um, I don't think it was needed. Um, I I understand the point that why it happened. I understand that Vince basically told her you're going to be the main event of WrestleMania because of the work you've done this year. Um, if it was up to me, it would have just been Charlotte Becky for the main event of WrestleMania. I'm not a big Ronda fan, um, so that's my thing. I think that Ronda, for what, it, for what it's worth and what she did was was great stuff. I think that Becky Lynch and Charlotte had the best rivalry of the year. And I think yes. that should be paid off at the biggest show of the year. And that's... I do think that Charlotte deserved that because I do think I that... The two people I cared about in that match were Becky and yeah, Charlotte. Yeah. I also wasn't a huge like Ronda person. I just listened to your episode on on Ronda, and I, there were things that I like about Ronda too. Like I love that how much she loves the WWE, and I the only thing I wish was that she would have just turned heel and been a heel for most of it because people didn't like her, you know, and she could have been an amazing heel that would have like gotten people behind her and gotten people to love her you know as a heel but anyway that never happened and the folks I cared about in that match were Becky and Charlotte so I think by adding Charlotte they were able to kind of grab every wrestling fan and be like okay everybody has a horse in the game now like people are gonna be behind this uh this main event match yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, I said it when Ronda first debuted. I loved her match with, with Kurt and Triple H and Stephanie at, that, me their, too. at her first WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, great introduction to her. And I literally, that day, I was like, cool. In, in two months, she should turn heel and be Brock Lesnar for the female division, for the men's division. Because mm-hmm. she can. We know what she can do, just like we know what Brock can do. And if we're making Brock be this this monster who can defeat everyone. Rhonda comes from that same background. Why is she not that for the women's division? So I just... Like this Shayna, basically. Yeah, what Shayna's doing... I, I adore Shayna Baszler. I think she is one of the best things going. I hope I hope that she leaves NXT at one point just so she can get main events on main shows. Mm-hmm. Just because people need to see how good she is. I, I like watching her matches more than Rhonda matches. Um, I think they're she's an interesting storyteller. And um, she's a good human. We, I mean, Sam and I have spoken about this offline a bunch. I just think that she's just an amazing human being, and yeah, I think deserves a lot more of the shine. So, um, for me, I was so here for Rhonda coming. Like, hit the music hit at Royal Rumble. You know, she played to WrestleMania sign. So from her first debut at WrestleMania with Stephanie and Triple H and Kurt Angle. And then really, I don't know, for some reason, I was just like really drawn to studying her because I'm just like, okay, she's an MMA, she's an MMA trained fighter. Mm-hmm. She can really kill somebody. Mm-hmm. 
accidentally or on purpose. Mm-hmm. She can kill somebody. So I know she had to tone down a lot, scale back a lot because of what they do in WWE. So from watching her from that WrestleMania all the way up until this year's WrestleMania, that's a whole year. And I feel like her moves and her skill set improved every time yeah. she was on a, a pay-per-view, every time she was in the ring. Like, it really improved. And then watching her, either her 24 or her Chronicle, and how she explained how she didn't want to come out to be Brock Lesnar because that was the original idea. Yeah. For her to come out be the female Brock Lesnar, really break every, break through everybody, and then it's like, who do you have left to fight? Like, who do you, what do you have left to do? Like, she wanted to be included. That's why she didn't automatically go for that title run mm-hmm. when she got here. That's why she didn't automatically just come in and feel entitled. Like, she wanted to be at the bottom of the bottom and climb her way to the top. And granted, I feel like her climb was a little bit quicker than most because yeah, her name is say, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, I was going to respectfully dis- disagree with that because right, right. I feel that by by WrestleMania and then her 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 first title opportunity which was just was granted to her it wasn't it wasn't earned in any sort of match was at money in the bank like which was you know Ju- June so April May June had a title shot right it was like i said it was <laughs> quicker than most cuz her name is Ronda Rousey she is a draw um i did respect the fact that you know and then her heel turn was like when um August ish, yeah. August September when she boo the woo, screw the man, all that whatnot. Um, I felt like it all played well into the build up to just her and Becky, because Becky started to get on this stone cold persona. Mm-hmm. I'm the man. I'm gonna you know kick your ass or whatever to Rhonda. and then she gets punched in the face and her face broken by Nia. So it's just like. Okay, so Becky fought her way back to meet up with Ronda Rousey yeah. again. And then Charlotte comes back into the fray. Like, I always say that Charlotte kind of begged her way back in. Like, where's the queen? How come I'm not on the card? Where's this? Where's that? I'm like, sis, she was out. You turned on Becky at SummerSlam. You come back around and all this other nonsense. I mean, but in hindsight, it was a really good match. I was actually there in person to witness it. Yeah, yeah, I remember saying, yeah. Okay, great, so. We share that same emotion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for that ending where we didn't know who I won know, like, until wait. the music hit. Yeah. 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 Oh, Becky won. Becky right, won. Right, right. Right. Good, good. All right. Exactly. All right. I was like, what? Yay, Becky. So, yeah, but I, I do. I just want for Ronda to come back for the other three horsewomen of UFC. That's what I'm going to call them because they're mm-hmm. not WWE. Come back and then we'll just have a four horsewomen, four horsewomen standoff. Yeah, that would be incredible. And I... I actually wouldn't hate it if Rhonda came back either. I just, she she is improving all the time. She is a hard worker. She works her ass off to improve all the time. I just want her to figure out the other side of wrestling, the right. storytelling, the promos. And with her promos, some people just loved them and thought they were so good. And I would be like, so uncomfortable right like, just crawling out of my skin like i'm one of those people that get like can hardly watch seinfeld because i get too nervous for <laughs> other people and i'm like oh god oh no she's gonna talk oh god i'm so uncomfortable and if she can figure out that side of it and how to like not look like a huge doofus when she's doing that then because she has she has one of the best promo writers in the world working yeah. with her paul Heyman, you know so yeah, it's a matter of being able to... And I don't think she should get the Lesnar treatment in, in having someone be her voice. I think she can be her own voice. I think it's just a matter of getting yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. 
Well, we've gotten off the the body shaming topic, um, so we'll just have to have Krista come back of and course. talk to us about more stuff. Krista, tell us where people can find you on social and where people can uh, find and listen to those wrestling girls. Okay, well, those wrestling girls social you can find us on Instagram and on Facebook at those wrestling girls. Twitter is T Wrestling Girls, and we're on Spotify. We're on Anchor, so Anchor kind of goes out to Spotify, Apple Music. Um, Google Podcast. You can find us there. Subscribe. We also have a YouTube channel, Those Wrestling Girls, if you want to visually watch our episodes. Um, and also, we're celebrating our one-year anniversary next week. Yay! So you guys, Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. You guys are more than welcome to come. Our link is in our bio on Instagram. Um, if you don't see it, just DM us. We're going to be at Blue Haven East on, I believe, 3rd Street. So it starts next Wednesday at 6 p.m., 6 to 8. Come hang out with us. We'll be watching NXT and AEW. So we're, hopefully it'll, we'll have a lot of debate on what's going on. <laughs> nice. Awesome. If you, want to, if you want to connect with us, you can find us on all the social medias at TurnbucklePod. And you can find us everywhere where you get your podcasts. Make sure you like and subscribe. Give us a review. Tell us what you're enjoying, what you're not enjoying. And uh, yeah, we're so we're so happy to have our first guest. We're gonna have some more guests coming up. Some some wrestlers may be coming on the show soon as well. So stay tuned for all that jazz. And uh, I think uh, I think that's it for the week. Thanks everybody. Huzzah! Huzzah!